Welcome to the podcast, friends. We are doing our intro at the end of doing the podcast, which brings you into the pod. Hooray. Oh, we, get, we might start calling this a show soon, just as a heads up, because we're going to start bringing in more interview people and stuff like that. So ju- just so you know, it's on the cards. This may become a show. A show. Now, in this pod that is going to become a show, we uh, dive into, our, as always, a whole range of stuff. We kind of talk through what is inexorable, what is unstoppable in ourselves and the world right now. We define some of the mythical weapons that uh, we feel like we've been gifted that are enabling us to kind of like navigate and walk through the current circumstances inside ourselves, but also in the world around us. Where else did we go, Choose? I think we talk about, we bring it back to our work, of course, right? What is inexorable in our work in terms of what is impacting our work that's inexorable that we actually just need to accept? And what is it that we inexorably bring to our work, right? So this word, this like idea of momentum that cannot be stopped is what carries us today. We hope you enjoy it. Great. So if you want to know what what crepuscular means, keep listening. (laughs) Keep listening. And, uh, and, and don't forget to pop on Facebook and put down what your mythical weapons are for navigating 2021. We'd love to hear them. You know, when we do work with clients, obviously you do because we do it together. But like when we work together with clients, um, we do a really strong upfront piece of work around. All right. If we're going into major complex change that's rooted in engaging lots of uh, uh, voices and perspectives in the design going forward so that people who are impacted by this change get to influence it, right? We do a really solid piece of work up front of saying, um, uh, this can change and this cannot. They're like Mm -hmm. the boundaries Mm -hmm. around the work, right? And, uh, and, and so, um, uh, and in and in, um, in in a lot of the kind of mythology I've been reading, and in um, uh, uh, kind of like Anglo-Saxon, um, not just mythology but uh, spirituality for better or better word, faith. Um, I mean, probably mythology is a better word actually. Uh, there's this there's this idea of fate. Mm. right mm. and 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 that there are things in our lives that we can change and influence and there are things that we can't and you, you, you know and 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 fate is this idea that there are things in the future that we're not going to be able to change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and uh and so um and the 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 language in the Anglo-Saxon culture, there's a word for it, which is weird, W-Y-R-D, the weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, all, that kind of roughly translates to um, uh, the inexorable force of fate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That there's like a, there's a unstoppable momentum or an unstoppable... Uh, there's, yeah. And so like, and so, and so, and, and so like, it, there's almost this sense that like our, our destiny is something we can influence, right? It's like, there are things we can do, which influence how we traverse our course through life, but there are also things that are inexorable 
right? That are the containers. And I've been thinking about that kind of on this kind of like minute level of our work of how we build container, but also on the bigger work of change that we're involved in in the world. And, and like, what does it mean? You know, there's that famous prayer, you know, the, 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 uh, St. Francis. Yeah. Do you know it? Can you, can you, yeah. Uh, God grant me the serenity. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Is that what it right. is? And so it's a little bit of that. And and so I've, it, it's just been coming up again and again in a lot of my kind of like life. And as I think about my work. Yeah. So maybe that's enough start. What 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 is it? What does it turn up for you as we talk? You know, because, yeah. I feel like it's so strange. I, I feel like people would think that we've been talking before this about this particular topic, but we haven't been. Like you kind of brought it and uh, you said, I think the words are inexorable. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I wasn't sure where we were going today, but um, well, I just, so I'm just going to say how it lands for me as you talk about that. Like, I know I wanted to, I, let's bring it into our work, but the thing that just in the ways that I think synchronicities happen this week in the goddess class, we're talking about the goddess Durga, which is kind of warrior strength, right? And one of the things, one of the ways she's described is inexorable momentum, right? Mm. Once you yeah. allow that kind of energy yeah. into your life, like you are going someplace. She's yeah. not stoppable. And when you embody her, like you're unstoppable, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that like everything's unstoppable, but but there is something about when you say yes to this force, and in this particular case, it might be to do a certain bit of work, right? So uh, we talk about that work that you know you can't not do, mm -hmm. right? There is an, an inexorable momentum. Uh, the work of your own spiritual development, like once you start, it's really hard to put the brakes on that, right? That's the Durga energy, right? Like you can't, even if you want, you can't stop it. And I'm interested in this idea of fate because it's it's not as tied to this this particular religious system, right? It's not. It's I think that's less. I mean, I th I would think maybe the only fate would be that you're going to go back to her at some point, mm. right? But your mm. fate along the way or what you're doing along the way is feels quite open. But it could be. I'm not a scholar, right? So I don't know that I know everything about that system, but I, I've been actually quite drawn to this idea around inexorable momentum, mm. uh, moving with that particular momentum mm. or being moved by it with less of what we've been talking about recently, like less of like but no, I want it to be that way, or I want it to be that way, or I wish it was this way, or, you know, but actually just like mm. moving with what is, which I think to some ways get to, gets to the St. Francis's prayer, right? Like, what do you actually just accept? And it's not a defeat, but it's actually, those are like, those are the guardrails. That's what's happening. You can't actually shift those things. And it feels like that prayer has such wisdom in it, the wisdom to know the difference, the discernment to know what is it that I cannot change. And all I'm going to be doing is throwing myself against the rocks, making futile effort. But, but there are things I can, you know, and then how do we begin to discern the difference? And I'm, I'm curious about that in our work. I'm curious about that in my life. And I'm curious about when, when and where my inexorable will is called up too. I've been, uh, oh, I love talking to you. Uh, I've been, um, yeah, I really love it. 
I've been, uh, uh, you, you know, one of the ways I've been making sense of a lot of what kind of both I've been going through in my own journey of engaging with my own trauma and my family and the historical legacy of, of my family and, and how we turn up now and in the future has, as you know, has been through mythology, but I've also been thinking about how, like how, what we're going through in the world and everything else. And, and Martin Shaw has, has we kind of was throwing around this idea that we're actually in the underworld at the moment, you, you know, like mm. we're in the underworld, like everything, like, like the, the, the period we're in has the characteristics in mythology of being in the underworld at the moment, you know, wow. and, and that that's an essential part of initiation and transition and growth. Like it's not, you, you know, mm. you discover, you discover beauty and allies and, and magical weapons and resilience and the kernel of who you are in the underworld. Did you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the roots of the tree have as much to give us as the boughs that, kind of like are touched by the sun and get to and, and get to sway in the wind and so um and so i've been thinking about you know this this feeling that um that we we, we maybe or i'm feeling in my own life and then i i hold this hope for the kind of the pandemic and and some of the kind of political context that surround it that at least for this phase we may be coming out of the underworld mm. again that there may be we may be turning the corner into a return mm. you know and uh, and and so i kind of have this question of uh, what am i carrying out of the underworld with me you know and also that you never get to leave the underworld easily and i right. think i told i told the story on the pod with you before of like Ivan who like you know he got to the exit and then the guys you know and um and so there's this sense of like you just get out and then you're dragged back down and then there's one last challenge before you leave you know and that's the nature of it and so but but mm. it's, it's funny because like I was messing around because I've started I've been doing a lot of drawing and I was messing around and I drew this image of me kind of like entering or exiting the underworld and then I was playing around and I was like ooh. Ooh, I was like, I was like, what mythical weapons am I taking out of the underworld yeah. to bring into this whatever 2021 may be or whatever the return is? Because we know that returns are just as difficult as the journey mm -hmm. in. Because when you're coming back, nobody gets it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm -hmm. like if you have anyway, you know, communities used to be trained and have an experience of how to welcome people back into them after those type of journeys and and anyway and so so i had this uh one of mine was one of my uh my my, my mythical weapons was and was the was the inexorable spear was this Ooh. sense was this sense of like uh, actually what i'm going through there's and and who i'm becoming there's just no stopping it yeah yeah there's just no stopping it it is unstoppable who I'm becoming, where I'm going, the this journey towards a life mm -hmm. I love, day to day, moment to moment, is uh, unstoppable. It's inexorable now. I love right? it. And so the spear of inexorable. Then I had the other one. That the other one I had was um, I had the shield of patience. Ooh. That it's going to take time, and like patience actually protects. Mm. right like, mm -hmm. like patience for my own growth 
patience for the world to change, patience for the return to happen at its own speed, like the shield、uh. of patience was like a protect, like it's like a protective. Patience is a protective practice in some ways, right? Like being able to be patient and practice patience, but the shield of patience. And then I'm going to ask you what your、I、mythical lo- weapons are next. Okay, you know that, right? I yeah, figured that then, was coming, but yeah. And then and then I had um, I had the uh, uh, the helm of listening. <laughs> like the, and it's like it's like attentiveness and attunement, an ability to listen and be attuned. So even though it is inexorable. There's an ability to respond and adapt based upon what you hear. There's an ability to learn, and then the last one. And I was given this as a piece of the woods I walked through here,、um, which was really badly burned. There was a forest fire, and、um, we, we were all very lucky because it didn't get up. To, it didn't get up to the canopy. The fire brigade got in and before、mm. it hit the canopy, but otherwise houses would have gone and stuff too. Oh my goodness!、Um, but it, but it's a it's a charred area of the canopy is still living, but like the. Understory is this like charred area, and I've often avoided it. But since I've got into this mythology of the underworld, I've made a I've made a specific part of my walk is to go visit this area and hang out and you know and spend time there. And uh, um, and I'd been doing this drawing, and I was out there, and like one of the things came to me when I because what ends up happening nearly always when I'm there is I start seeing something beautiful, like in the、mm. midst of all the charred, like. Underworldly nature of that piece of forest. It's nearly always that I walk away having felt something beautiful, and it's like nature seeks to be admired. Ah,、uh, yeah,、like、yes, yes.、Like、that quote from that French philosopher, right? Yes. And so the last one I had was was kind of like like like、uh, I I haven't got a name for it yet, but it's almost like eyeglasses of admiration. Or something.、Mm. So, like, even as we go through this underworld, even as we travel through this,、um, uh, this period, and as we go through the inevitable,、um, turgid disappointment and surge of expectation that return brings us, right? That actually, how can we be that in a place of admiration? And that is not to ignore the fire. Or the impact the fire has had in that forest,、mm-hmm. but, the, but it's actually my ability to admire that、um, that makes it bearable. I, I, there's something in it that I can admire. Anyway, so those are my four: my s- s- inexorable spear,、uh-huh. shield of patience,、uh-huh. helm of listening, and spe- eyeglasses. Did I say spectacles? Spectacles of admiration. But like the inexorable spear, that's what yeah, reminded yeah. me of it when you said that. That like this sense of will, this unstoppable will. Anyway, I love it. I mean, it's slightly ridiculous. I want to completely own that, and it's also just a lovely way for me to make sense of and feel relationship to the world as it is and what I'm going through. You know. Well, and it's um, it just is so in keeping with your love and turn toward mythos here,、mm. right?、Yeah. I really, 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 really love it. I like it. I think、um, it makes me want to ask the outsiders what they think. <laughs> Theirs are right because I knew I knew you're going to ask me mine. I'm like, ah,、oh, Mary. Well, you always take my request with a pinch of salt. No, I'll do. I mean,、question. I don't. I don't have four. I don't think I'm going to、okay. have four. Well, who not? You know, you yeah. We'll see. You may not but... need four. <laughs> We might have to do、you、an add-in, and you may not have received them all yet. You know, that's a really good point. 
And I feel and like so, we might have to do a little... sometimes our mythical weapons end up in the hands of others. Like Frey, the Sword of Summer was his mythical weapon, right? But he ends up losing it. He ends up trading it in for a woman he loves. Well, that seems yeah. all right. Does he get it back? Is he? Does he? Did well. It ends up. It ends up destroying him at Ragnarok. But you know that's fate too. That's just inexorable. Yeah. Well, I also enjoyed the movie Thor Ragnarok. Just by the way. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So I think there's something, and it's the same inexorable thing that had gone on. Uh, but I would have called them like, like. I would, there's something about like, uh, m one of my weapons, is that what you asked me? Mythical weapons? Yeah. Like, you me? know, when I feel like all of us are on this mythical journey and so yeah. like, what are the, what's, well, the, I would, what's the gifts we've been, they could be invisibility cloaks. It could be like, well, well so, okay. Because I was going to say, obviously receive, receive tools from the gods to help you journey or not even from the gods. Sometimes you discover them or I mean, who, all kinds of places they come from. Well, that really fits. Because I was thinking that I have been gifted a, a a pair of boots and they have two qualities, right? One is like they are impervious to like, you know, fire or rock cutting or like I can climb in these boots, I can move. But then the other thing is they are perpetual movement. They will keep me moving, right? Like in these boots, you can't stay still. Right. And so you put these boots on and you go places because, you know, not in a because I know there are some myths where like the boots like walk you to death. Not like that. I can take them off. But like when I have the boots on, I can go places and my feet are impervious. I can walk over the hard stuff. Right. I could walk across the glass of a volcano if I needed to. Um, so the, the impervious boots of movement. Yes. Yes, Exactly. It's something, something there's like something that. about these boots, right? That are like, I yeah. can go to really hard places and I'm not mm. going to get stuck there. I'm going to keep moving, right? Wow. That motion, that. Those, man, right? That's a, that's a cool pair of kicks right there. I feel like it. I mm. feel like it. I love that. And then um, as you were talking, the other thing I thought is I think I've got a perpetual light. Right. There's just something that like, you know, yeah, I can hold it. Maybe it holds in the palm of my hand, but it's a light. Well, it might be an orb that floats in front of you or you can bring it down into your hand. You ah! know, it's kind of, right? It's like this orb that you can, it, it responds to your movement. You can send it a bit further ahead. You can bring it right in close like a. Yes. Oh, I even like, I like that. But yes, it is perpetual and it lights. It lights up. So if we're in the underworld, we are not without light here. We can look mm. a bit ahead. Doesn't light up the whole sky, but at least gives us yeah. something, right? It feels yeah. like, I think that that feels true for me. I feel like I can find the light in most situations. I the don't. orb of perpetual light. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I think, I mean, I do. I know that, I know that sometimes if people don't know me, that it can feel... it can feel like I'm just kind of a happy light person. Do you know what I mean? But that's not actually, yeah. I mean, you know, that's not actually how it is. I actually feel like I have a hard one light that I see by. Hell yeah. And that doesn't leave me. It just doesn't leave me. Um, 
And so that feels really, really true. I've got my boots. I've got my light. I feel like, I mean, those are the two I can come up with right now, but I'm, I'm not saying I won't do a little addendum to this particular. They're kind of amazing, Tuesday. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. And they feel so right on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. So listeners like, hi. You know, it's, it's wonderful to have you with us as we explore the varying boundaries of our uh, of our perception of life. I invite you to do the same. Mm -hmm. like, what are the mythical weapons or gifts, right? What are the magical gifts that you have that you're carrying into this year, into the return from the underworld, however slow that may be, mm -hmm. however stop and start that may be? What are the what are the What's the mythical weapons that you're carrying out of the underworld as we turn into the next phase of whatever might be coming in uh, for ourselves and our communities and our organizations? Yeah. It makes me want to go uh, write a little bit, like write a little bit about these weapons and tell the story of how I got them. Like, how did mm. these weapons come to me? Was it, yeah, you know, right. like, that's really yeah. interesting. Were they handed down? Was, right. was the orb something your grandmother and great-grandmother and great-great-grandmother had and, like, carefully passed on, mm -hmm. you know? Right? Yeah. Yes. Or did it come to me completely randomly and I didn't know what it would be good for? Right. Right. It's just like, okay, I got this orb. It's a ball. Great. It didn't light up until I needed it to light. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm like, oh, I want to mm -hmm. go, go investigate that a little bit. Yeah. And some of these things don't light up until there's been something's happened inside of you that activates it. That's exactly. I'm feeling like the orb was handed to me as a as a dull ball. Mm. And at some point it lights and I get that that's what's happening. Mm. So I'd like to explore that a little bit. So, yeah, listeners, I think that would be I think that would be great. And also great if you put a like wherever you find this, if you put a comment, what's your magical weapon is. Yeah. If you're on Facebook or something with us, go to the outside and. Like comment on the podcast post there and put, we'd love to hear what your mythical weapons right? are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be so great. So as we think about this, like um, uh, this, the inexorable will mm -hmm. that we're talking about, like this sense of inexorable momentum, but also the ability to influence and change mm -hmm. things as they go, you know, I've got kind of two things going on. One is like, I've got like, what are the outsized mythical weapons? I've got mm -hmm. like, what are we faced with? You know, what are we faced with at the moment that feels inexorable, that we're beginning to, that it feels like unrelenting. But what are we also, what we also accepting is inexorable in that we can't change it. Because mm. I feel like part of what we've been talking about at the outside as well is beginning. And I just thinking about the, you know, yesterday Broner gave a feedback on the retrospective, which is this like, reflection on two and a half years of our existence mm -hmm. you know and what we've learned and um and this kind of realization that there are some things that are just outside of our influence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as we do this work you know yeah. there are some things that we just can't change no matter how much we would like to so i was just thinking like how, how does that all how does that shape into the outside and and like how how we're moving forward I feel because I feel like I'd love to know what we think is um, uh, both inexorable 
-hmm. in how we're choosing to go forward, mm -hmm. but inexorable in the momentum of reality right now that like, let's not waste our time trying to change that because that's up to the fates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, and so if I think about, uh, uh, some of the things we're talking about, right? Like there, there, there are unpredictable things that take place that are beyond our power, like sudden rapid changes in leadership. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we just can't plan for them, you know? And so it's like, uh, um, our ability, I'm trying to think to some of the things Broner said yesterday, you know? our ability to, to uh, influence kind of like large movements in like sectors or fields or uh, economies or... So it's just like, I think there's something about like the, 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 the scale of change, changes that we're, that we're going through, but also the kind of clients we're working with are going through they just feel that they're almost beyond influence. So where do we mm -hmm. focus now in 2021? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we, what do we accept is inexorable? You know, it's in the hands of the fates. It's just unrolling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's too big a, it's too big a thing for us to influence. And like, where do we, where can we step in and insert our will to have an impact on the course of the stream, you know? And, uh, where do where, where can we go use these mythical weapons for greatest impact right now? Yeah, I think that's um, I think those are really great questions because in some ways I feel like the the easy answer, although I, I actually feel like it's true and it's actually it is my answer, even though it was the first one I came up with. And I tend to be a little suspicious of my first answer, but um, in inexorably still. We are in a, a racist, classist, capitalistic, and all, you know, and we could, you know, <laughs> you know, all the things, heteronormative, you know, uh, heteronormative patriarchy. Like that's, we're, we're there. That actually, and I think in some ways that's often what we hit in our work, right? These big systems. Right now we're in, you know, it's January 12th, I think, you know, we are, worldwide in a movement toward uh, I'm just gonna say it like here I mean it's just crazy here right now we just had people break into our capitol building you know what I mean like, so we're we're in a political time moving toward uh, I, I don't know if the right word is fascism I don't like to throw those words around but there's something happening that's moving us toward um a, a reduction in rights a lack of plurality actively against any kind of diversity of thought, feeling, action, and opportunity, right? So this is, these feel like major movements, although I do actually also feel like we're in those death throws. And mm. so I do- I'm ask you about that. I just yeah. really feel like we are. I feel like we're like in a really hard, ugly part. So then when I say, when you ask me what is ours, you, I'm kind of like, well, I accept that that's what's happening. I accept that that's what's happening. I also accept that our- three to five year projects, 18 months to three year projects will not change that. But what feels inexorable 
is like when I ch- change that writ large, but like I have no doubt that we're going to try with the systems that we're in to do what we can with people of goodwill. Like I like that for me, that's never faltered for even one moment. We've always been in kind of those oversight systems, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we don't work for change. It's like that long arc of history. I feel like I'm just here doing my part of this long arc. Right. I feel like we're here doing our part of this long arc of history that says no to that. And not even just no to that, but we're going to try to find a different way. But you know, like we were talking yesterday, we're still in the we're in the current system. We're in the dominant system. We're in a system that's dying. And so that's just reality. Those feel like those feel like the inexorable. Do you know what it reminds? Have you ever seen like I, I have some image of like a ship like crashing in to to land and like the land, the land kind of rises up and over the ship and the ship's just like, I feel like we're in that crash moment. But you don't just go and like, oh my gosh, we're going to crash or oh, we're crashing. Like you do stuff about it. I don't know if right. that's. That feels like that. I think maybe that's the boots, right? Like no matter how hard it is, like you keep moving. You said something really uh, great yesterday when we were on a call. Um, I mean, you say lots of great things, but this one stuck with me because, uh, you know, I I think for a long part of my early career, I built my life around a quote by Buckminster Fuller, which was you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And on a call yesterday, you were kind of like, yeah, I don't really, ho- that doesn't really hold water for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, is that what you're talking about in terms of actually like when the plane is crashing, you do something about it. Exactly. You don't jump out the plane and you don't spend your time like building wings. Right. You know, or like, I mean, I don't know what the metaphor <laughs> is, but you know what I'm saying? Just take me into that a little bit. Cause I feel like it's really tight. And I think it's quite provocative because I think many people who are change makers, um, yeah, uh, have heard that quote and it's become a bit of a mantra, you know? Well, I, I mean, I love the quote. I just think it's incomplete. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you Insufficient. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I feel like, yeah, a lot, a lot of my time wants to be creating the new. That's what feeds me. I, and I think that in a lot of ways, that's what the outside is about. And I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's experience and what we've done over the past two and a half years, but I'm, and I also just think that so, when you, when you, rebuild from something that's ahistorical, you're just likely to recreate that. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, so I think that what we've learned, if I just take the outside, what we've learned in projects in the last couple of years is like, ignore that, ignore what is at your peril. You can't just do something new. Although yes, we want to do that, but like we have to have our feet in both worlds, right? What is right now? what is right now and how are we going to work with what is as well as what we want to be. It's almost like, it's almost like in the work we've gotten, I'm I'm talking, we bigger than like a little too new agey, like, Oh, you just go for what you want rather than like kind of be grounded in what is, which feels like kind of a mature spiritual path as well as you keep moving. You're not, it's not an acceptance. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that that's that's what I said. Well, it's what I was thinking. Is we were strategizing around yeah, how to well, work yeah. with current system. Yeah, 
And it's, you know, we often work with this model, the Bacana two loops, right? And there's one curve over the top and then another curve that comes underneath. And, and so they look like a sideways S, except the two parts of the S aren't connected, right? And, and, and it's this idea that we're simultaneously working with what is dying, right? You just gave that metaphor of the plane crashing, as well as we're working with what is emerging or what is new. And that has to happen at the same time. Like any change strategy, any effort we have for significant change has to, of course, build the new, but we also have to kind of like hospice hospice the old you know because i've been thinking I've, I've you know i've been thinking about um on the radio i heard this word this morning and i was so excited about it that i texted it to you you did i did yeah 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 crepuscular yeah and so <laughs> i love to love discover it. a new word great happy yeah and so the crepuscular is this idea of twilight you know so the beginning or the end of the day where you can't quite see things. You know, the old mm. word in English was gloaming. There was an evening gloaming, or you could also have a morning gloaming, apparently, I just said. Um, but it's like in between when it's dark and where the sun's gone down. It's that period, the gloaming. And, uh, but, the, and, but in that period, things are crepuscular. That's where it comes from. It's like you can't quite see them. You know, mm -hmm. they're, all, they're, dim, they're dim shapes. They're slightly shrouded. You know what I mean? And so on some level... We're working with and trying to like unveil the crepuscular. We're trying to get in closer and like, like, like see past the mist and really give shape to things that want to happen, you know? And like, and that work requires working with a lot of uncertainty and, 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 a, and a willingness to put one foot in front of the other and, you know, build the path as you walk it and all, you know, iterate and learn and all of that stuff. And on the other hand, we're working with major systems that are struggling, that are hierar mm -hmm. hierarchical, that are unjust in their very in their very founding DNA, and therefore their structure to this day. You know, and where the abuse of power isn't is inherent in how they are built, right? right. Let alone right. the people who are populating the different layers of the decision making. Right. You know, and like that requires political nuance strategizing mm -hmm. moving like uh dealing with very concrete like nuts and boltsy gnarly uncomfortable uh content and it's just like and and, and it's so funny because the two worlds feel so different you know in terms of like the design mind you apply mm -hmm, to them mm -hmm. or the strategy you bring to them but they feel like the two strands of the work and as i've been drawing these roadmaps i've been doing these visual roadmaps of our work like both of those elements have really been in them. You know, it's like, how do we navigate the current reality? How do we deal with the political dynamics, the hierarchical structures, the hierarchical dynamics? You know what I mean? The different needs and pressures that people are experiencing and how are we creating the containers and conditions for us to really discover something new to, um, to sharpen what is currently crepuscular. And so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so it's like, so I just think, I, th I just think you're right on. You know, and, 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 and I think all too often when we do strategies for change, we go one way or the other. That's right. That's you know? right. I think that's, yeah, I think we tend to just ascend one or the other. And I think like part of our own seeing our next bit of work is like, how do we actually hold them both kind of equally? Because I know we can probably get excited about, you know what I mean? Like I can get much more excited about building the new, mm. right? Ken, mm. um, 
So I think that that, I think that, I think we'll bring that into our next phase of work. I think it's important. And um, I was thinking as you were talking about crepuscular, that gloaming time, that's when I was attacked by the owl. <gasps> Remember when right. the owl like attacked my head? Yes, and I it's, do. And I just remember. That was intense. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It was, and I just thought, well, of course it was in that time. So disor, it was like just part of the disorientation, right? Like wh- I just had no ability to understand what was happening when a large bird yeah. grabbed yeah. my head and tried to pick me up. There was, and it was <laughs> like, there's nothing in my. And when it couldn't, it just dug its claws in deeper. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it was just like, oh. you couldn't, you know, you couldn't see well. I didn't understand what's happening. That kind of like yeah. that time yeah. when, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And you don't have well, the wherewithal to figure it out, but we got to get ourselves moving. Would you, would you, do you want to read the poem? Cause we sent one out in the newsletter, but it feels like it's right on. Yeah. It, do you have a song? I do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I will read the poem. Um, I don't, it's called an invincible summer in the depths of winter. By Albert Camus. Yes. Who wrote a book called the outsider, which was like transformative for me as a kid. Kid, young man. Nice, nice. So here is is this poem. My dear, in the midst of strife, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. In the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me there lay an invincible summer, and that makes me happy. For it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me there is something stronger. Thanks, Juice. Yeah. It was uh, Priyanka, who we're working with in Sweden, who brought that poem through to us as part of her she was quoting from the poem in a in our launch meeting uh in in uh for the work in sweden and you know i, it, I think it struck everybody on the call didn't it this, yeah it really okay, did right just yeah. felt right for these times that's right something inexorable that invincible piece that he talks about look What's at you song? bringing it back home to the title of the podcast you know what nicely, i try to do nicely done thank you yeah. Wrap it up with a bow. Uh, That's me. <laughs> right here. Um, <laughs> so uh, I would like to uh, bring a song in. It's by um, a fella called Andrew Andrew Bird. Um, and the song came out in 2019. And it is just, it's a beautiful lyrical song mm. to, kind of, to, to kind of walk to and to contemplate with. It's been one of those songs uh, through the autumn and then now into the winter that I've just kept going back to, you know, mm. and not even knowing why. Because at first, like, at first, I just liked the song. I didn't listen to the lyrics much. Mm-hmm. I just liked the sound of it. And uh, so I just go back and I put it on. And then the more I listen to it, the more the words begin to uh, kind of make themselves visible to me, the less crepuscular they became and the more defined and uh and, and articulated they kind of began to land in my eardrums and kind of make their way through to my brain and... the banking on the sound and fury 
And so I just offer that out. I, it, I feel like it's a lovely song just to put in your ears, kick back and listen to at the right moment. When you're out for a walk or you're looking out the window, you've got a moment in front of the fire or there's just, you know, you have a little moment there where you're like, oh, a tune would be good. And so Andrew Bird, Bloodless. I, awesome. I enjoy and listen, my friends. Awesome. Great. So good. Great.